0: What is up guys, it is Quinn here and in this video we're going to be going through my start sits at the running back position for week nine of the NFL season. You guys know the drill by now, going through every single week nine matchup, talking about every single fantasy relevant running back and then listing them as either a start, sit or a fringe option. So basically like a running back three flex play. You don't love them in your lineup, but with bye weeks, you know they're acceptable options here. If you guys are watching and you have any questions, you can drop them down below doesn't have to be related to start sits. could be trade advice, waiver wire. I will get back to every single person. And then if you guys enjoy the video, hit that like button. It helps me out a ton. But let's jump into the Thursday night game where we have the Eagles taking on the Texans. And I think both of these are pretty clear cut. Sanders is likely going to be a locked in mid-tier running back to rest of season. And I think he has probably top 10 upside this week going up against the Texans run defense you know, that's a big weakness on their defense. We just saw Derrick Henry absolutely carve them. So this could be a day where uh, Sanders has, you know, a top performance. On the other side with the Texans, we're obviously going to continue to fire up Damian Pierce. And then on the other side for the Texans, we're obviously still going to be firing up Damian Pierce. He probably had like his least effective day in terms of efficiency this past weekend, still finds his way into the end zone. No matter what the game script is, they're going to be getting him involved. They wanna continue to feed him. So even though they're probably gonna get lit up in this game by the Eagles, I still think he's someone I'm playing with confidence in my lineup. Then moving over to the Sunday slate, we have the Chargers taking on the Falcons. For the Chargers, no drama here. Obviously, we're starting Austin Eckler as a very high-end running back one. And then for the Falcons, once again, we've got a committee going on in this backfield, full-on committee last week, basically what it's been ever since Cordero Patterson went down. We saw Tyler Algier take 14 carries to Huntley's 16. So we may be thinking, you know, maybe Algier's not the top guy anymore. Maybe Huntley's starting to take over. For me, if I am starting one of these guys, it would be Algier. He has much more receiving upside. He ran routes on 55% of the dropbacks, which is actually pretty solid. Um, If Damian Williams returns for this game, then I think we're in a gross spot where I probably don't want to be starting any of these guys. But in a very strong matchup against this Chargers defense that has basically been a run funnel, especially since Bosa has gone down, I think Tyler Algier can be used as like a fringe option. Even in a split, he's the guy I'd want to be playing. And I think you could do worse than him in your lineups. And then I'll be sitting Caleb Huntley. Then moving over to the Dolphins, taking on the Bears. For the Dolphins, as long as Raheem Mostert can hold off a potential trade deadline deal. Hopefully, you know, when this video comes out in the morning, there's not going to be a million running backs that have been moved. But for the Dolphins, if Raheem Mostert can hold off a potential trade, I think obviously he's going to be locked in as a really strong running back too, pretty much rest of season. Obviously, sitting Chase Edmonds, he's just been brutal. And then for the Bears, I have David Montgomery listed as a start here, Khalil Herbert as a fringe option. We've seen Khalil Herbert have back-to-back really strong performances, 15.7, 15.7, then 15.9 points. The past two weeks, he's been very involved, even with Montgomery in the lineup. 28 total carries over the past two weeks. So averaging 14 carries you know, over the last two weeks, that is very solid usage. I'm still gonna be rolling with David Montgomery as the better option here. He's still at a 71% snap share, a 65% rep participation. They're likely gonna see similar work on the ground, but Montgomery's gonna have much more receiving work. But I do think both are still likely going to see a solid workload. Even last week, right? Like they're getting blown out by the uh, Cowboys, and both Montgomery and Herbert are giving you a solid base number of carries. So for Herbert, you're hoping he gets into the end zone. Montgomery has a slightly higher weekly floor with the receiving upside, but I think both these guys can be played. Montgomery more as a back-end running back two, Khalil Herbert more in the uh, running back three area. Then moving over to the Panthers taking on the Bengals. Just saw the Bengals lose a rough one uh, last night on Monday Night Football, but starting off with the Panthers here, we've got to be listing Deontay Foreman as a start, sitting Shuba Hubbard in this week. We are coming off of a massive game from Deontay Foreman, went out, carried the ball 26 times for 118 rushing yards and three rushing touchdowns that led to 31.8 PPR points. I actually believe that's back-to-back games with 118 rushing yards. He had a 68% snap share. I think that number could go down if Chuba Hubbard returns. It seems like he is uh, trending in the right direction to play this week, so it could shift into more of a committee. Remember, it was basically 50-50 uh, last week against the Buccaneers, but after the game that Foreman just put up, like I'd be shocked if they go back to that 50-50. Even like a 60-40 something in there, I still think Deonta Foreman's going to be getting you know the lead role in this offense, and I think he is startable with that role. If you can sell high on him for someone who thinks he's going to be like a top 20 running back rest of season, that's something I would definitely consider. But, you know, if you just want to hold on to him, I do think he is playable this week. On the other side with the Bengals, going to continue to fire up Joe Mixon even after a down performance. I still think he's a running back one rest of season. Then moving into a divisional matchup, we have the Packers taking on the Lions. You know, two kind of unique backfields, I guess. For the Packers, we got to continue to fire up Aaron Jones it's just become so clear that he is so far superior to AJ Dillon as a talent. They're going to continue feeding him the ball. He's a very strong play. On the other side, AJ Dillon, without this Packers offense scoring a ton of points, he's borderline useless week to week, limited receiving work, sitting around that like 10 carry per game number with little touchdown upside, can't be cracking lineups. For the Lions, I mean, this backfield is all over the place. As someone who has a lot of shares of DeAndre Swift and has been very high on Swift, this was definitely like a frustrating game in terms of the usage work. DeAndre Swift had 55% snap share, 54% route participation. We basically saw Swift and Williams split the early downs. We saw Swift take the third downs and the two-minute drill snaps, but then we saw uh, Jamal Williams take the goal line carries, and that is why he uh, scored two touchdowns. DeAndre Swift did get into the end zone, but it was on a reception, and it kind of saved a fantasy day that would have been pretty lackluster. We saw Swift log five carries. Five carries, not a good number. Five targets. Jamal Williams, 10 carries, three targets. I honestly feel like at this point, both running backs are probably like back-end RB2s. You know, I think Swift, I'd view him slightly higher just because I don't really want to bank on the Lions rushing attack, giving Jamal Williams like a touchdown or two every game. But the distance between them right now with this current workload is not extreme. I think both of them are starts, but neither guy I think is like, oh, I'm so excited to plug this dude in. Like for Swift, I'm not feeling great having him on some teams. And you know, if you had a roster where maybe you picked up a Kenneth Walker, you know, picked up some other waiver wire running back, you could be in a spot where maybe he's not even cracking your lineup. So something to consider there. He's definitely not the RB one we were expecting. This could change. Like, I'm not saying this is locked in rest of season. I think Swift is the more talented guy, so maybe it does shift in his favor. But if we are, you know, expecting to continue to see what we saw last week, not trending very well for DeAndre Swift. Then we have the Raiders taking on the Jaguars. For me, these are two just locked in, probably top 10 running backs rest of season. Josh Jacobs, Travis Etienne, both are going to be studs moving forward. Then we have the Colts taking on the Patriots. Now for the Colts, at the time that I'm recording this, uh, I've been getting reports that Naheem Hines is potentially likely to be traded by the trade deadline, which I believe is on Tuesday. So we'll see if he's gone. Regardless, I'm going to be sitting him. I'm still gonna be starting Jonathan Taylor. I know he's been wildly disappointing. I still think he's a very talented player. I think he's due for one of these, like maybe like a Camara, like three touchdown day. I feel like, you know, one of those games is coming. I'm not taking him out of my lineup. I'm not selling low. I'm holding him. I'm keeping him in the lineup, and I'm expecting him to turn it around very soon. On the other side with the Patriots, Ramondre Stevenson looks legit. Even with Damian Harris coming in and still taking like a decent number of the carries, we saw Ramondre Stevenson was far more efficient on the ground and then added top, top receiving upside. So I think he's going to be. High end running back two, potentially low end running back one, rest of season at this point. That's what I'm looking at for Ramondre. And then sitting Damian Harris just doesn't have a ton of upside, only getting carries, limited receiving work. In a divisional matchup between the Bills and the Jets, I'm going to be starting Devin Singletary. It's kind of frustrating because he does have a decent command of this backfield. The Bills just don't really use the running backs a ton. I still think he's startable. The usage is okay. He will have some touchdown upside but he's probably more of like a back-end running back to at this point. Sitting James Cook, likely the handcuff there, but someone who I do think could be worth a waiver wire pickup. Then for the Jets, I have Michael Carter as a fringe start, sitting James Robinson and Ty Johnson. This backfield was very much a committee, but we did see Michael Carter leading it. He had a 56% snap share, 51% raw participation turned it into seven targets, seven carries. This was kind of a weird overall game that the Jets had with Zach Wilson just kind of throwing it away. So I don't love starting Michael Carter, but what we've got like six teams on bye this week, he's a running back three flex play. I think he's fine in your lineups. Then we have the Vikings taking on the commanders for the Vikings. I think it's pretty clear. We're starting Dalvin Cook. We're sitting Alexander Madison And then for the commanders, we kind of have a shakeup going on in this backfield, at least in terms of how I'm viewing it for fantasy football. So right now I have Antonio Gibson listed as a fringe play, Brian Robinson, and JD McKissick as sits. I don't think B-Rob is startable anymore. I was kind of trying to like point this out a few weeks ago. I listed B-Rob as a sell high. I was saying he has this workload. It's not locked in. He hasn't looked great with the workload. And, you know, he still led the team with eight carries, but he had a 25% snap share. He ran three total routes. At this point, he likely has arguably the worst role in this three-man committee with McKissick thrown in there. Maybe you could say he's slightly better because he potentially has the goal line work, but I mean like eight carries only running three routes, that's just not going to be getting it done, especially when you have Antonio Gibson rivaling that carry number. Gibson was sitting right there at seven, didn't really do anything with it but neither did Brian Robinson. For Antonio Gibson, we've seen him have back-to-back strong receiving performances, saw a lot of volume this past week. I believe he also got into the end zone uh, through the air, and he also scored a receiving touchdown uh, two weeks ago. So he has been getting involved in that department. If he's going to continue to kind of rival B-Rob for the starting carries, I think he's a solid fringe play, could potentially turn into a start if he just overtakes Brian Robinson. Like I'm not sure what it's going to take for them to make that switch. But I think from what we've seen, Gibson needs to be on the field more, especially when he's in this committee competing with Brian Robinson and McKissick. He's gotta be more involved. And I'm someone who, you know, was trying to sell high on him early on just because it's kind of clear this commander's team just doesn't really love the dude, unfortunately for fantasy. Now, moving over to the Seahawks Cardinals matchup for the Seahawks, Kenneth Walker, absolute stud, continue to fire this dude up as a running back one. And then for the Cardinals, basically an every week thing here. We don't know what's going on with the injuries. Will James Conner be back? Is he going to be out again? I'm just going to be going through this as if James Conner is going to miss. I'm still starting, you know, Benjamin. Didn't really give you a solid fantasy day, but the overall usage was there. Decent number of carries, solid work in the receiving department, even though it didn't translate. And then sitting Darrell Williams, like I said, if Conner's back, there's a whole bunch of things we got to kind of sift through. You know, is he going to be limited? Are they going to give him the workload back? So that's a problem for a later day right now, just considering, you know, Benjamin to be a start. Then we have the Rams taking on the Buccaneers. Two very, very disappointing offenses so far. Starting off with the Rams, we've got a disgusting backfield going on. We have a three-headed committee with Ronnie Rivers, Daryl Henderson, and Malcolm Brown. Just gross here. We had Daryl Henderson leading this team in overall snaps, but it wasn't by much over Ronnie Rivers. Rivers led the backfield in carries with eight and targets with four in a very, very inefficient rushing attack. I actually believe these are the two worst rushing offenses in the entire NFL. So for the Rams side, I mean, just not playing any of them. And we have Kyron Williams potentially back in the fold soon. So just, just fade in this offense altogether. I mean, at the running back position, obviously still firing up Cooper Cup as a locked in high and wide receiver one. On the other side with the Bucks. Leonard Fournette on thin ice here. I still think he's a start. Still seeing decent volume. I mean, the Bucs offense just looks brutal. I was honestly kind of hoping for some news coming out of that Bucs camp about potential coaching turnover. You know, Byron Leftwich. I just don't know how you keep that guy as the offensive coordinator when you lose back-to-back games to the Panthers and the Steelers, and then you lose to the Ravens, you look terrible. Like, I don't understand how you keep them there. It's clearly not working out at the time I'm recording this, you know, no coaching turnover has happened. So if they're going to continue to roll with Byron Leftwich and he's going to continue to run this offense into the ground, it's hard to really trust Fournette, but I still think he's someone you're starting. And then Rashad White is someone you're stashing in case he can kind of overtake Fournette or a Fournette injury happens. Then we have the Titans taking on the Chiefs, Derrick Henry coming off of his, you know, yearly stomping of the Texans. When Derrick Henry plays the Texans, he's just penciled in for like 200 plus yards and two touchdowns. So he's obviously going to be a start no matter what team he's going up against. For the Chiefs, a very gross backfield to navigate. Right now, I've clattered Alaire as a, you know, iffy fringe play and then Pacheco and McKinnon as sits. I don't love CEH as a starter, but he has shown to have touchdown upside. If I'm going to be chasing one running back in this offense, it could be CEH. Now, if you're playing Clyde, you do run the risk that after the bye week, maybe Pacheco is going to have a bigger role. So he is someone who should be owned. But if I was playing someone, it would be CH. But as you guys can probably tell, not overly confident. And then I believe this is the final game of the week, Monday Night Football, Ravens taking on the Saints. For the Ravens, the way I'm looking at this backfield... Gus Edwards right now is dealing with a minor hamstring injury that he suffered against the Buccaneers left that game. If he is good to go for Monday, I consider him a fringe start. I think he'll likely lead the backfield, but it'll be a committee with Kenyon Drake, Justice Hill. If Gus Edwards misses this game, I would then view Kenyon Drake as a fringe play. Obviously, you can't, you know, be overly trusting of this backfield. It's been pretty gross. But if Edwards is out, I would be trusting Kenyon Drake as a fringe play. And then, you know, you'll probably see Justice Hill, Mike Davis kind of filter in here and there. If Mike Davis is even still on the roster, I think he is, but not positive. And then on the other side, we finally saw a massive game out of Elvin Kamara. Now, you know, his issue coming into that game uh, last week was the lack of touchdowns. And I believe he did get a goal line carry in this game. But I think the two other ones were like him just making like crazy plays on receptions. So I don't think the usage has taken a drastic turn, but he was definitely due for one of those games where he gets into the end zone, even if they're not all like one yard carries kind of reminds me of the Austin Eckler thing where I don't think he scored through three weeks. And then in week four, he had like a three touchdown game, but none of those touchdowns were on the goal line. It was like his workload had stayed the same. He was just now converting from farther away. So same thing kind of happened here with Alvin Kamara. Maybe he'll somehow pull off like an Austin Eckler run. I still think he's going to be in that like back end running back one territory. The overall running back position, I feel like is very strong. But then you have those back end guys kind of flipping all over the place. Like a few weeks ago, Fournette was probably, you know, RB10 area. And now he's on the outside looking in. Ramondre's, you know, trending up. Jones is trending up. Mixon maybe trending down. So, you know, they're all like flipping around over there. But that is going to be the last matchup. So every single week nine running back matchup, start sits. If you guys enjoyed, hit that like button, subscribe to the channel. I'm gonna be going through the wide receivers today also. So go check those out. I have waiver wire, trade targets, sell high. All those videos are up on the channel right now. As always, thank you guys for stopping by and I will see you in the next one.